Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up? Welcome in the best on the board. It is Thursday, June 9th. We are presented by BetMGM. And what a Thursday we have planned for you. We are going to take a look at the NBA Finals. The Celtics take a 2-1 series lead on Wednesday night with a very impressive victory over the Warriors. A fun game. I think the most fun game of the series to date in Game 3. We'll take a look ahead to Game 4, which is taking place on Friday night. We'll also talk a little bit of future action. We've got a 2-1 series here, so we've got some updated futures odds in terms of who might be the MVP, who's going to win the series, how many games this is all going to go. So we've got a lot to talk about. Let's stop beating around the bush. I'll introduce my co-hosts here, Dan Santaramita. What's up, man? How you doing? Bauer, I, I got to say, this is the first time in this series that I'm thinking your Boston pick might finally be right. You've been <laughs> on it all, all playoffs, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> might finally be breaking me down. There we go. It only took, what, the, the playoff started, I don't know, seven weeks ago? <laughs> Something like that? That's all it took. I'm not saying it's That's over. It I'm saying you're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> we do feel like we're getting there. Brandon Funston, uh, game three, I think if anything showed that the Warriors are going to need a whole lot of Steph Curry even before the injury. I don't know if he can is up to it at 34 years old. Steph's up to a lot, but I don't know if he can put this team on his back for 44 minutes the way he used to be able to. Yeah, this was a this was a game where I came away thinking, man, there's so much that Golden State could clean up. Uh, the fact that it seemed like Boston was just the better team the whole time, but Golden State found a way to hang around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminded me of I, I I can't remember exactly what game it was in the Memphis series where they ended up not losing by a lot. And I think I said the sa- same thing. Like, man, the fact that you know Golden State was actually in that game somewhat at the end. Uh, I think bodes well because man they can go back to the the tape on this one and clean up a whole lot i think there's a lot of things that can be done with this one i'm not saying that you know they're 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 the best team like i'm i'm now questioning and and i think boston you know has a legit chance to to take this thing and maybe not even make it seven they could potentially take in six uh you know but I just think that uh, if you're Golden State, you can look at a lot from what happened la- you know, in this last game and say, look, we can do this, this, and this and give ourselves a much better chance to win the game. I think they could do that too, but uh, you know, is Boston going to let them do that? We did see the Warriors have another one of those crazy third-quarter blitzes where they uh, come back, rally all the way back, take a lead in that quarter, and then totally – totally shut down in the fourth quarter. Um, I think if you tell the Warriors before a game, hey, fourth quarter, it's going to be a close game. Fourth quarter, you're going to only allow 23 points to Boston. Like, boom, (laughs) sign us up. That's a win. Golden State scored 11 points. 11 points in the fourth quarter. And that's just, we talked about it after game one. And here we are again, just looking at a Golden State team that, 
they just it, it looks like the an, another season in mid June when all your key players are between not all of them but many of your key players are between 32 and 34 years old it feels to me like we are seeing some signs of the length of this season starting to catch up to Golden State and this Boston team being a team that they can't quite overcome that against yeah I mean I'll I'll jump in on that I think Golden State has has a Draymond Draymond Green problem right now and it could be for that reason a guy who's older who's tasked with trying to shut down you know some of the the biggest forces on the Boston lineup he can't be out there for 34 35 minutes and get you four to five rebounds and mm-hmm. and and you know and and not score and you you see you know, the way Boston's kind of bracket coveraging these three point screens there has to be the way they're overplaying those screens. There has to be pick and rolls. And, and if Draymond Green's going to be out there and they're just going gangbusters trying to shut down Clay and Stephen Curry, Draymond Green has to be able to score points. And I, I just think, look, you're going to have to probably play a lot more Kevin Looney because you got killed on the boards. Robert Williams is a big problem and you can't really afford to play Looney for 16 minutes. And I think you might need to play more Otto Porter over Draymond mm-hmm. Green just to get some more scoring out there when those other guys are getting so, you know, overplayed. You know, it's interesting you say it like that, Funston. Sorry, Dan, to cut you off, but that was where that was where that was where Golden State got going in that third quarter. Was uh, you saw like just lazy lazy hedges on screens, and you just gave you, you Curry does not need a whole lot of space to get those threes up, and you know uh, you had a lot of drop coverage from Al Horford, and it was in fact a lot of those came when he was guarding Otto Porter when Otto Porter was on the floor because I mean obviously if if you're if you're going to take your chance with one of those guys shooting the ball, you're going to take it with Porter over Curry, but you do have to respect Porter as a shooter and they were just you know not as aggressive of a hedge as you would typically see against Steph Curry coming off a ball screen in a lot of those situations and that was that was when Curry hit those like I don't know like like four threes and six trips something like that in the third quarter and it does it changes things it changes things and I mean they just you've got a couple of guys like there are times when there are there are two players on the floor for Golden State that Boston just doesn't have to respect their offense, and that's that's not going to work. That's not going to work in this series. I think that's a, a problem that is correctly diagnosed. I mean, Draymond is just if he. I mean, what he what he six two points, four rebounds, three assists. Like that's if that's going to be the player Draymond is, they need to ramp down those minutes. Well, the thing that you're talking about age with the Warriors and, and Clay Thompson actually had a pretty good game three, showed some signs of life. I mean, Curry's Curry's yeah. been great though. You know, it's just I think it's just Draymond. I don't know if that's age or matchup. Right? I mean, even even in the conference finals, Looney was arguably the Warriors' most I don't know about valuable, but the biggest surprise value they got at him, overachieved relative mm-hmm. to what you expected at him, was really key in that series. They need that, and they need Porter to play well. You guys are all over, and I think Wiggins. He had some moments in transition, but it really hasn't been part of the half-court offense that they need. I think that's the big thing. I don't think this is an age or wear and tear thing. I think it's just the way the matchup is going. And if we go back to game two, you could be saying the same thing. How many starters did Boston have with two points in that game? So it's this series has been a weird... Uh, no no game has been the same, right? Game one was mm-hmm. Boston getting incredibly hot for that fourth quarter and really most of the game... And then game two was they, you know, when they weren't hot, what Golden State was able to do to them in San Francisco. I think it's on Steve Kerr and the Warriors to make the matchup adjustment. But I think if you look at those first two games in the whole, I think if you're Golden State, yeah, you're 1-1, but you probably felt pretty good about the way those games were played. 
And you, you know, sure. okay, Boston, you're going to shoot 52% from three. That's fine. The way we've seen Boston in these playoffs, they've also had they've had about one of those a series, and they also have a total egg they laid home at least one, right? You know, their home and road seems to be almost irrelevant because of their style. So, as much as I'm game three showed me something from Boston, I didn't expect, and I, I'm starting to believe they still haven't shown in these playoffs they can do it enough times over a seven game series where I'm going to believe, Oh, this is how it's going to look. Game four is going to be the same. They're going to be up three, one and golden state's going to be in trouble because Boston has been a roller coaster. All right, guys, let's get into things here. So again, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is Thursday afternoon as the three of us are sitting down and talking about this. This game does not take place to Friday night. So depending on when you listen, things may have changed a little bit, a half point here, a half point there. Just don't get a ton of change beyond that in the NBA playoffs. So what are we looking at? We are looking at Celtics minus three and a half. That's exactly where this spread sat for game three to 14 and a half is the total. That's up two points from where it was in game three. Of course, that game just squeaked on the over to 12 and a half we get a 216 point total in that game all signs uh, are good for Steph Curry uh, not even going to have an MRI he will be participating at Golden State's practice on Thursday afternoon so that's the only thing that would make this spread change significantly if Curry somehow weren't going to be able to play does not sound like that's going to be the case it does sound however like that foot might be a little bit compromised an injury that happened in a uh, what ended up being a pretty meaningless scrum at the end of that game, so I, I, Dan, you're right about the Celtics laying a, having an egg in every series at home. I don't know if it happens in this game. I like the Celtics minus three and a half. Well, you got you got a shtick to stick up to at this point. This is your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I I the spread for me, like I because of what I said about Boston volatility, I kind of want to stay away. I, I was playing more of the totals in the first couple. Uh, I didn't mm. do that in game three. I, I feel like. Now, it's funny. You mentioned the total went just over in game three. They scored four points in the last four minutes or three plus in that game, which is wild. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You were sweating for a second. You thought you had it locked if you were on the over. And then you were sweating for a second there before they finally got over. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So that maybe that's a little bit of something that maybe this should be a little higher. Uh, I don't know. The total's been moving a lot. I feel like it's been oscillating between 212 and a half, 215 and a half, which I'm surprised we're seeing that kind of movement at this stage of the playoffs. But I guess these games have been a little bit surprising in the way they've played out. Um, I, I think I'm probably leaning more towards player process, which I really don't like doing, but I, I think the volatility in the, in the results in the series and with Boston in particular makes me want to stay away. I think I'm leaning. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't come to a decision on who I want to back in this one in terms of the spread, but the individual game, you know, team totals, I'm inclined to take the under on 108 and a half for Boston. Um, like I said, I think Golden State had some stuff to clean up. Look at Boston had 15 offensive rebounds, had a massive yes. off- offensive rebound advantage. And I think we're going to see more Kevin Looney. I think we're going to see some changes in the matchups. And it was just kind of seemed like it was one of those nights where the ball was just literally bouncing to Boston on every tip ball and on every rebound. Um, Draymond Green had a just gave up a, an offensive rebound to Robert Williams when Williams made, took the shot like down on the baseline and he missed it. And Draymond just turned his head and followed the ball. It's like rebounding 101 is you put your body mm-hmm. into the guy as soon as he shoots the ball, and then you turn and look and find the ball. And it was like, I think they just need to kind of like just reset a little bit. But um, 
I, I think we're going to not see such a decided advantage on the rebounding side. Golden State was a decent rebounding team all year. It's not like this is, you know, right. you know. So I think they can clean that up, um, and and I think they will hold on. At what Boston at eighty eight in game two, like as Dan said, there's a dud that always seems to happen um, with Boston at home. They could still win this and score under one hundred and eight. So I mm-hmm. I feel good about backing that the most. I mean. They, they've been comfortably over that 108 and a half in two of the three games of this series. And and both of those games, they in both games, they shot the three pretty darn well. And it, it feels as though it's something that is something we should be respecting for them at this point. I mean, 13 for 35 last night, so maybe not super well. But then Dan referenced the huge three-point shooting game that they had in game one. We know they're going to get 35, 43s up a night. I don't know. This is a team that over. I'm not saying over 108 and a half is something I'm backing. Under 108 and a half, you're going to need a very strong defensive performance. You're going to have to see. I think those changes that you're referencing for that really to happen, or at least to feel good about that going into the game. Uh, look, I mean, this is we're talking about the two best defensive teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're capable of making those adjustments and figuring it out. But um, yeah, it's just a, it's a hunch. And if like, if you think, you know, the narrative of what's going to happen with this Boston Celtics team, like, I, I think you, you know, you're fooling yourself. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, uh, I mean, we just point. continually get the rug pulled out from under us in, you know, all, all along with this team. So it's, it's hard to even, even make a pick on these guys, but that's, that's what is feeling the most right to me. All right, Dan, you don't like doing player props, but that's where you're leaning for this game. So what's the one that jumps out of you? What what one most comes to you when you're looking at this sheet? So I'm actually flipping from what I had in game one when I had the Clay Thompson under, which hit. I think that was the only thing I hit in game one. Uh, I like the over here. I think there's something that looked different to me from him in game three. He's at 20 and a half points. It's minus 115s on, on each end. I, I think there was something I saw different in Clay in game three. He missed his first few shots, but kept uh, with the confidence. He looked smooth. He looked like they were getting him in the offense, and the shots started falling once he got a couple to go. There was a, the uh, I think he said something about watching his YouTube clips of Game Six Clay to fire himself up and and all that. And <laughs> I, I I don't know. I'm buying into it. He looked different. I think this is you know he I I'm not surprised we're not seeing consistent Clay. Right. This is still the first year back from an incredibly long injury laugh and an incredibly difficult rehab process yeah. of basically two injuries. Right. So to expect regular Clay Thompson, which we've seen more than I honestly thought we would have. I know shooting is probably the thing that comes back easiest with the injuries he had, but the stamina and everything else is still getting there. The defense, in particular, he said, uh, is not where he wants to be. But I think there was something different in the stroke. I like the confidence. I like the over. Uh, I am going to focus on rebounding, which has been what kind of what I've been talking about this whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, Draymond Green sitting at six and a half and is plus one hundred five on the under. It's just something he has been under in six of his last seven games. He's had just nine rebounds combined in the last sixty eight minutes that he's played in this series. I, I think they're going to, like I said, lean more on Kevin Looney. So I'm going to take the under on Draymond Green at the plus one hundred five, and I'm take the over on seven and a half on Kevin Looney. And that's minus 125. I just think they have to get him mid-20s minutes in this game. And when he plays mid-20s minutes, I mean, we've seen that that's enough for him to get 22 rebounds like he had (laughs) against Memphis. So, I mean, I don't think he'll get 22. Robert Williams is basically Kevin Looney 2.0. But, like, you know, I I think that'll get him over 7.5. It's going to have to be an emphasis. 
I like that diagnosis. I mean, I think you're totally right about that. I, and I think you're right about Otto Porter. And that's an interesting one to take a look at, too. I mean, I, there's I, no Otto Porter I, points or anything. There's nothing like on Otto Porter right I know. Now. We're gonna, that's going to be something that we get a little later. But that's like, I, I think you're totally right about needing his scoring. Because we, but like Boston showed us last night. And I mean, he, really in every game this series, I mean, yeah, what, what we've seen a, what, a 108? A one oh seven and a one hundred, right? Those are the th- those are the three point totals for Golden State. Yeah, and like it's Boston's defense. We know how good that is. It's and we're three games in. We're into the middle of June. We're talking about these guys on Golden State. I mean, like, yeah, I think that. I mean, this is what I think that what we've seen in this series for Golden State on offense. That's what they are for the rest of the series. That's what they are for the rest of the season. And they can certainly still win three of the next five games or three of the next four games. And if we do get four more games in the series, can they, you know, can they come back from this two one scoring in the one Oh one to one Oh nine range? They definitely can. But I think that that's what we need to think that they are going to be. And so if that's what they're going to be, and we're going to continue seeing this strong emphasis from Boston on doing what they can to contain Steph, doing what they can to contain Clay, which why wouldn't we see that? You know, Otto Porter, if he gets those minutes, that his his offense is going to be very important, and his offense is going to be there for him. Boston is going to live with if Otto Porter makes you know five threes in Game Four, you know so be it. I, I think as far as Boston is concerned, obviously they don't want him to, and that could be the difference. But you know Otto Porter getting twenty five minutes in this game could be a recipe for him. You know knocking down four threes and scoring fourteen points, something like that. So his his offensive props are going to be, I think, pretty interesting uh, once we do finally see them. Anything? Uh, well, we've been talking mostly about Golden State side. Anything on Boston side that uh, we're looking at? Dan, why don't you start this one off? Well. I- Jason Tatum is a weird one, right? Because he's not playing well. Maybe we can segue this into the MVP talk. His shoulder's still his shoulder's still not right. I mean, we know that or lat, whatever it is. Yeah, what's what's he shooting? He is shooting. I have his numbers up here: twenty or fifty nine from the field. And the funny thing is, he's yeah. ten of twenty three from three. So it's not like his his shooting percentage is skewed based on shooting one of three. He's actually shooting great from three. He's ten of thirty six inside the three point line, which is bizarre. He's been. Uh, struggling. I know he had a bunch of turnovers in game two, which cost him. I did have the the assist barrage in game one, which came out of nowhere. He did. I I don't know what to make of Jason Tatum right now, but his his total has dropped. I think I saw it at twenty eight and a half uh, earlier in the series, and now it's twenty six and a half for points. I don't know that I want. I love betting an under for the star player of a team in the finals, <laughs> but God, I kind of don't know. If he's doing that right, he's been over that. What do you? He had twenty six last night, right, and then twenty eight in game two. Yeah, it's it's probably a stay away, but it's an interesting, especially Mm. with it dropping. It's starting to get very interesting because I think if it was back where you know even you get another point or two, that's where you're talking the way he's shooting that you might get that that under. But the volume in terms of Mm. shot attempts is still there, so hard to play that. And it's it's going to be there too. In game four, I mean, there's there's really no question about that. It's, I, it was something I talked about in the game three episode, also, where like I was tempted, tempted by the under, which was twenty seven and a half, and he did end up going under that. But it's just it's hard to pull the trigger because you know that he's gonna have those shot attempts. They're yeah. just gonna be there for him in the offense, no matter what. I do kind of like Marcus Smart going over two and a half threes. That's a, a little bit of a plus. You get that at plus one ten. Took seven threes. In game three, he took seven threes in game one. In both of those, he went over two and a half. He took just three in game two and missed them all. And this is another guy who, I mean, if you just look back over the the bulk of the playoffs, um, he's averaging about five three-point attempts per game, five 
it's five and change per game, maybe even up to six with some of the big three-point attempts he's had. So another guy who I think the volume's going to be there. Now, it's a make-and-miss league. you got to make those threes. He's going to get the shots. He's not a guy who, you know, we think, oh, man, boom. Oh, seven threes, he's making three. He's just not that style of player. But the shots are going to be there for him. And so getting plus money on it, that feels that feels like a gamble I'm willing to take. I'm on the Marcus Smart as well for the PRA, which is at 24 and a half. I think he's done this in three of his last four. He's playing with confidence right now. Coming off that game, I don't know why that would waver at all. Uh, but the one thing he's also doing, he's just so much stronger and is is a is a mass is a mismatch for Curry and Clay mm-hmm. down on the block. He can get to the hoop, you know, and yeah. uh, is able to get his points. So I feel good about his ability to get upper teens into the low twenties in points. But Boston's just moving the ball really well right now as well. They they kind of were playing like a you know Golden State style basketball where I think in this last game they had five or four guys that had five or more assists in the starting lineup. They're moving the ball really well, and I just and and Marcus Smart is also at four and a half on rebounds, which he's been over I think in three of his last four as well, and comfortably. I mean he's got seven seven rebound game, a nine rebound game. Again, I think he's just physically a mismatch for the guards on Golden State. So I like the multiple ways in which he can kind of pad his numbers. And I've talked about that before. You like the guy that can get you 10 rebounds maybe out of the blue, but also do the same on the assist side. So I'm with you on Marcus Smart. I I love Jalen Brown. I love the way he's playing, but it feels like that's being priced in. And it's kind of like the line feels about right with him. Feels right with him. It feels right with Tatum. Um, there's just there's no value. I'm not chasing. I'm not chasing either of those guys. And and uh, Jalen Brown's at 24 and a half for the points and across points PRA threes. It's just the value is not there on Jalen Brown. Uh, but maybe it is in the MVP market. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it is either. We can talk about that. And as I said up the top, we can reset that. So right now, um, you know, not surprisingly, you've got Jason Tatum now as the favorite for Finals MVP at plus 115. Curry's at plus 200. Jalen Brown's at plus 300. Then it falls way off to Al Horford at 30 to 1. Marcus Smart, 33 to 1. Marcus Smart playing very good defense on Steph, 33 to 1. Clay Thompson, 80 to 1, blah, blah, blah. Um, anything there? I mean, Dan, you wanted to talk about that. You just referenced transitioning into it. Is there anything that you like about it, or do you just find this to be an interesting market with the way it's priced right now? Well, both, because I think it's fascinating to see number one, Tatum favored, obviously, as the star of the team that is winning the finals right now. But he's not playing well, right? We just talked about his shooting numbers. The volume's there. Uh, you know, we got a couple more, a few more games to figure out how this is going to play out. I think Curry at plus 200 is the value. For one, the Warriors as a team to win are plus 180. Curry's played great in three games. I don't see how they win this series without him continuing to play great. We would have to have game six clay every game the rest of the series, right? I, mean, I don't think that's realistic even at 80 to one. So I think Curry can get a little more value. It's kind of like shopping, shopping the line within the same book. I don't think Golden State's dead in the water either. I think this is still going to be a series. But here's what I want to ask you guys. As far as if Boston side, is if the series ended today, who's the MVP of the series? Man. Jalen Brown? He jumps out at me. I mean, he's like... He brings like that Draymond Green energy, but with the ability to put the ball in the basket, you know, <laughs> yeah. in that block shot. Uh, was that uh-huh. on Steph late in the game? I mean, it was just such a momentum thing. It seems like Jalen Brown's such a big part of 
the the momentum surges that Boston has. His energy yeah. is so infectious, and it just he's the, jumps he's the out. Scorer on, he's the leading scorer on the team that's winning the series right now. So if we assume, if that holds, I mean, how often has the Finals MVP been the guy who scored the most points for the winning team? I would guess probably, a lot. Really bet, <laughs> probably a lot. Probably really yeah. bet pr- pretty darn often. Yeah. That's what he is right now. He's I mean, not not by much over. Uh, he's got two more points than Tatum in the series right now. So, how many I mean, how many Finals MVPs does Magic have? Because I'm sure Kareem outscored him in all of them. But <laughs> yeah, if you're watching Winning Time, yeah. you know that he at least got that first one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Which I did. That's been. Have you either you guys watching? Do you guys watch I'm, that first season of Winning? I'm Time? five episodes through. Yeah. Yeah. We have to time it when the so kids when the kids are out of the house. My wife, cra- yeah, my wife's yeah, always looking over her shoulder at certain. That scenes. makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense for sure. It's obviously you know like I was born in 1984, so that season that series is quite literally uh, before my time. That season, um, so it's been fun to watch. Even though I you know I've also read about some of the inaccuracies and the dramatizations that the show has uh, used liberally, but it's still been fun. I would recommend it. Yeah, it's about winning time. <laughs> it's a fun series. Co-sponsor of the show. <laughs> hey, maybe we can get John C. Riley to come on. That'd be fun. But yeah, like I, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if there's any value in Jalen Brown at three to one though. Now, uh, maybe, maybe. Didn't you talk about laying this down before the series? You were, you were, you were all for it. Well, I was all for Jalen Brown before the series at eleven to one. Uh, he was ten to one, and then he went ticked up to eleven to one. Opened at ten to one, he ticked up to eleven to one. I loved that. I mean, three to one, like it's, you know, now it's like. I mean, I think, I think he should be the MVP. If we, if this was a best of three series, I think he would have won Finals MVP. Um, so I think he's got the inside track right now. So I guess you could say there's value there. I'm definitely on that. It could well, end we'll up being. Oh, it could end up being but, something where if it's a clinching game for Boston and there's a, a big play or moment or something that. Mm-hmm. Tatum and Brown, whoever has that defining moment, because the stats yeah. may end up being, you know, if, if it's if the numbers are close, it probably skews towards Brown, unless there's a big moment. That's why I think like that moment thing might get in the, the voters' heads a little bit if there's a big play or something. There were some stats going around also. Let me, I can find them pretty quickly about what Steph Curry has done in the series uh, when Marcus Smart's been guarding him. Here you go. So when on Marcus Marcus Smart versus Steph Curry, you've got uh, Steph's only scored twelve points with Smart in primary defense, three assists, four turnovers, thirty six percent field goals, thirty three percent threes. That's not something I think the average person is going to pick up on as they're watching. If though, you like, if I'm a Marcus Smart better, I'm just hey, you, you, you guys notice what Marcus Smart's been doing against Steph Curry? Like you got to get that out there. But if that narrative can get out there. And Marcus Smart still averages his like what's he got like fifteen points per game at fifteen five and five, and those and people start talking about his defense on Steph. I could see that being a narrative that swings it. So thirty three to one on Marcus Smart right now is not. That's not. I, I'm not going to fight you about that. You want to throw ten bucks on that or something? The, the what, problem. What do we say? Curry was now right at currently. What's plus, two to one? Yeah. Two to one. Well, if you if you believe in NBA. You know conspiracy theories. Uh, you know they want the they want this series to go seven games. You think Adam Silver's yep. making a call and saying, "Hey, got to get the Curry rules going." <laughs> At least two of those fouls that he had yesterday were were absolutely non yeah not were, were no nothing. Yeah. And then the one on Smart where he where he was shooting the three was was very ticky tacky. But 
Um, I mean, it was one of the stupidest fouls I've ever seen. It was definitely a foul. Well, it was. You can't, you can't, reach, you can't reach from behind like that and make contact. I, the contact wasn't much, but you reach from behind. You make contact with the guy's arm. That's it. Okay, but that was just. Uh, that was. That was okay. Maybe that was, but the other two were absolutely egregious. I mean, you don't give Steph Curry those foul calls. I mean, <laughs> NBA, NBA. I've been saying this for a long time. NBA needs to, and basketball, college basketball too. We need to need to learn a little something from the game of soccer, and we need to really emphasize advantage gained, advantage lost when we're talking about making foul calls. Yeah, no, no question about it. But and, yeah, I, I think. Uh, my money might still be on Curry two to one, honestly. I, I yeah, I mean, so Dan, you said that's where you see the value. Is that a is that a, a bet you're oh, comfortable yeah. making? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I don't I think it's basically a bet on Golden State to win with a tiny bit better price than the plus one eighty they're getting, yeah. and I don't think they're dead. And and look, you, your smart narrative is going to have a hard time because Curry's numbers overall are fantastic. So maybe it's everyone else he's torching. Right, but. right. That's what I'm saying. Like you're going to need like <laughs> yeah. you're going to have to like that's going to have to get out there. You're going to need some analytics nerds to start you know really putting that out into the world. Someone's you're going to need someone to feed that stat to Mike Breen so then he can talk about it. You know, like that's that's how that happens. But we we've seen that happens. That happens now. And with with how stack packed these broadcasts are, and how much time we have in between games, and how much you know different angles people are looking for to talk about, that does happen in a way that did just flat out didn't happen ten years ago. So like that's why I'm saying like it's not a nothing. It's not a nothing, especially like if he one more good game out of Marcus Smart, uh, defensively and offensively. Like it's really it's not that like I'm not making it. I'm not betting. I'm not betting on him to be MVP. I'm just saying at thirty three to one. I wouldn't fight someone who wanted to, you know, throw a unit on that. Yeah, that's all I'm saying about it. But it, his, we got to talk about this from every angle, Dan. That's, that's, <laughs> that's sort of the point of best on the board, not just bets we're going to make. That's why we make it very clear: bets we're going to make versus just having a conversation. I'm not betting. I am not betting Marcus Smart to an MVP. I do think that there is an interesting narrative that could form here over the next couple of games if he keeps playing as well as he has. I think the nature of Marcus Smart, though, is like the game two, where he just randomly has this dud. What did he have? Two points in game two. If he has yeah. one more of those games, I don't. Th- he's done. He's done. I don't think he can do yeah. it. And he's, you know, he's prone to that. So, um, he, it's a, it, you know, that's why he's thirty-three to one, I guess. But um, yeah. that's what would worry me. No, I'm totally with you. I get it. I'm sitting on a 34 to one Jalen Brown ticket. You guys, that's all I'm. That's that's what I'm. That's what I, that's what I'm cheering for in this series. Because that that would be that would be fun. That was made uh, after Game Three of the Eastern Conference Finals when Miami went up two to one, jumped on Jalen Brown as Finals MVP. So that's I, you know what that's where we're going to close because I think that's what we're all cheering for. Now that we all know it's out there, I think that's what we're all cheering for for the rest of this series. Game Four. Friday night. Check it out. Be sure to watch it. Be sure to, uh, if, you, if you'd like to follow us here, go ahead and follow us. If you want to fade us, go ahead and do that as well. But hopefully you found yourself entertained over these last 25 minutes or so. Best on the board, done for this episode. For Dan and Funston, I'm Michael Beller. Good luck. Happy betting. Have a great weekend. We will talk to you all next week. See you.